Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kel Nolson, joined as always by Kevin Zerman, a special rustling edition. I feel like there's more noise than before when we would do this. We also finished earlier than we normally have as we <laughs> podcast from Phoenix Suns Arena. I don't know if I said I'm joined by Kevin Zerman already. I think I did. I think he did. Your, your name's Kevin. Hey. Hey, bud. Hey. How are you? That was pretty uh, cut and dry post-game, I'd say. In-game. Not even yes. post game, the game as well. <laughs> so we are podcasting from the arena right after the Suns one sixteen to one oh two loss to the Los Angeles Clippers in game five of the Western Conference Finals. Hey Kev, you know what you shouldn't do in the Western Conference Finals is go down fifteen points really early. It was no. twenty to five in this game early. And Look, the Suns, I, I charted them. There were four different times in this game where there was either like an opening for them to score and they didn't, or they had some semblance of momentum but could have gotten like taken that momentum and used it to take control of the game. And they failed to do it four times in a row. There was like a two possession, three possession, four possession. It was like two to five possessions in those opportunities where the Clippers were failing to score on their end to slash the Suns were playing good defense. And then as soon as the Suns weren't capitalizing, it's like, all right, here's Paul George, here's Reggie Jackson. And to the Clippers' credit, again, this is another game we can talk about where the Clippers deserve a whole lot. Um, but Kevin, for me, the 20 to 5 thing and what I wrapped up on last time we podcast which was yesterday was that we are in a trend now of for whatever reason the Nuggets were not able to do this the Lakers were not able to do this but the Clippers rattle the Suns in some kind of way where they get them off their game and we saw it again in this game I said it that getting to the rim was the key and the Clippers are making it hard it is not as easy as everyone's yelling, and I'm sorry I'm going off on this one thing, that D.A. needs to get post touches. He's not getting post touches when the Clippers come out in a zone and go up 20-5. to That's what a zone will stop easily. He's not going to get post touches when they're flashing two or three guys and also eating up the mid-range space. If you go look at, like, a bunch of their highlights where they got, like, the Reggie Jackson dunk late, I know that's Cam Johnson, and you don't want Cam Johnson making quick read decisions, flying off screens with D.A., but the Clippers were there, had two guys who could have tipped the pass. He threw a bad pass and it goes the other way. There was a McKell one where Mook Morris, who's basically playing center, tips it and it goes the other way. Um, uh, yeah, D.A. can be more aggressive maybe he can seal and stuff like that when he got switched off on and they weren't really looking at switches very well I'll give you that but give that team a heck of a lot of credit because when they lost Zubats going into this game you're like okay like this is he that dude was playing really well last game I thought and then they completely have a different lineup they're basically switching and getting iso posts against Booker with Mook Morris 
they posted DeMarcus on Dario Saric, got good success there to keep that lead in the first half, and then it becomes the Paul George show. So it's just a lot of really interesting tweaks and adaptations that got them there. And the Suns didn't play well. No, and I mean, without that 20-5 to opening, you're talking about a game the Suns are up 5-10 to throughout pretty much, and then they probably close out late, but... You cannot go down twenty to five in the Western Conference Finals. Like you just, yeah. you, you can't do that. And but to go back to my point, by the way, on Zubac, I'm glad you brought him up. He's been their third best player in the series pretty easily by a pretty good margin. He was excellent in Game Three. He was pretty good in Game Four too. Even though DeAndre vastly outplayed him, that was more about what DeAndre did. Um, but to the Clippers' point, like to the point on the Clippers that I was making, the Suns are a new group this year like you can look at Chris joining and, and that's where I make my case with Jay as well I know that Mikel Devin DeAndre they've been together for a while now but it's essentially a new group with those guys in the mix now and starting team with a lot of playoff experience and it did not show for whatever reason in those first two series not really at all I didn't really sense in any of the Lakers series moments where they were thrown off like that in, in that aspect, no way. But in this series, it keeps happening. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that this game unfolded the way it did while Booker and Paul were able to be impactful offensively. Booker had 31, Paul had 22. Not great shooting numbers, 9 of 22 for Booker, 8 of 19 for Paul, but certainly better than just flat-out bad like they were in the last two games. That's a point of progress, but, man, 58 points in the paint for the Clippers, 58 to 32 in that range. The Suns were, you're writing about this on the website, they were just bad defensively, not good at all. That's where Monty kept going with his post-game presser. Um and then you look at turnovers when Dwayne mentioned to Chris, I believe it was 14 turnovers that they had yeah. as, as a team. Yeah. 14, but the Clippers scored, and this is where Chris finished Dwayne's sentence, 23 <laughs> points off those turnovers. And Chris said that's very uncharacteristic for them. And I co-signed that. Like That's just not something we see from this team really ever, just the live ball turnovers, the way they were getting rid of it. I mean, at one point, Boogie stripped Chris Paul – and then, for those of you loyal readers who read the Chris Paul birthday piece I wrote, we were all expecting the take back where he just strips the ball and takes it away from him, and then Boogie just finished. And I was like, oh, it's just going to be one of those nights, I guess. Yeah. That, that was the point for me where Chris didn't steal the ball back from Boogie where I realized, like, oh, man, they're, they're in a really tough spot. It's just one of those little plays, for me at least, that kind of signals how the game is going to unfold. Yeah. I mean, to me, it... Like, I, I can complain about how the Suns ran offense again. Um, I, I'm sure I did. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you look at the numbers, they got more free throws, they shot 45%, hit decent from three, um, and you take away, like, the lead, you said, and the bad, awful defense of just blown man-to-man defense. Um, you, you throw a little more help defense in there instead of guys staring and looking. There was one play really early where I think there were like three sons just standing and was it the first bucket where Reggie just got an open, wide open three? And that kind of was like, oh, they're not in it today. And again, you can't do that. Um, we can complain about the offense, but that stuff added up a ton. And I just think 
that is a flushable game. We've had we've seen them have games like that. I think the Atlanta game this season maybe was one. The second half against Brooklyn was another where it's just like I don't. Wizards lost earlier in the year where they just didn't show up at all. Yeah, show up mentality is what uh, Monty yes. referred it to as. That's probably the one game this season where I think of show up mentality was the Wizards loss on the road right before the old COVID mania spread through <laughs> the Suns locker room. Um, I are you worried about? Can I ask you? Yeah, the Suns look like the worn down team today. Yeah, maybe that was because they were battling back. And, but like Monty was playing Tory Craig and Abdul Nader late in the game because Mikel and Jay and probably just didn't have it, and Cam was playing well, so he doesn't go into that bucket. But I just felt like the Suns were the worn down team, even though the Clippers are down all those starters and down in the series and have played all those games which is desperation, I guess, and the Suns got to manufacture it somehow. The way I would phrase it is, if you were waiting on the Clippers to wear down in this series and thought it would be a strength for the Suns, I don't think we're going to see it. No. I just think we would have seen it by now. Look, I mean, yeah. maybe two games later is when it finally breaks for them, but, I mean, gosh, they're on a game every other day for over a month now, and they still look fine. They still look ready to go. I mean, Paul George looked exhausted in certain stretches, but like you said, I mean... <laughs> he was 15 of 20. He was 15 of 20 in this game, and my goodness, uh, the Suns looked more exhausted as a whole, I thought, than the Clippers. So if you're if you're waiting on that, you're going to keep waiting probably. We, we could see something change in Game 6 or Game 7. I don't think that's going to be the case. And... We had this conversation around DeAndre phrased a certain way, and rightfully so, where who would have expected when Chris and Devin didn't have it going that DeAndre, of all people, was going to be the guy to step up. But when you rely on a young player like DeAndre, who has a tendency to fade in and out of games in this stage of his career, when you are relying on a player like that to the length they are in this specific series... When Zubac went out, Kevin, I did not want to – I had the thought, but I'm not going to tweet it and be the the pessimist and everything. But I actually was worried when Zubac was, went out in terms of looking at it from a son's perspective because then I thought about, okay, they're going to go five out. They're going to have to figure out how to get him the ball in the game. And then when they're not yeah. getting him the ball in the game, inevitably it's really going to feel like it and there's going to be more urgency to get him the ball. And it's just going to throw him off in general like it normally does in those situations. We've seen it all year. And to a moment in, in the presser, press room after um, ESPN's Dave McMenamin, we were just kind of talking about the game a bit. And he just went, man, like kind of DeAndre just kind of like – it was at times it didn't feel you didn't feel him out there, and then Gina, Dwayne, and I were all like, "Yep, seen seen that guy before." Um, ha- and and I'm not sitting here saying it's unacceptable, saying it's it's terrible or, or whatever. It's just a fact of what happened in the game. And yes, there are elements and stylistic things in the game that would take him out of it, but he still needs to make his impact felt on the game a little bit more. Yeah. And, and it just wasn't there enough in, in this game. But it was in ranking the things that went wrong in yeah. this game, Kevin, that's like 6th, 7th, or 8th for the yeah. Suns. It's not even close. Yeah, I mean, that's all fair. Um, I think I don't know who I saw this from, but in game one, when the Clippers just ditched small ball at the half, at the half break, um, there are people saying, because they know DA has tendency to struggle against guarding more perimeter-oriented players, 
that why did Tyloo do that? Like, as good as Zubots might be, and as strong and tough as he is, and he causes problems and played great, I thought, again, why would you ditch what went well and you beat Utah that way? Um, and they beat the Suns again that way tonight. So I, I guess the Clippers fans who are pessimists could look back and be like, if he had just stuck with it, maybe they would be in a different spot. But that that was an interesting thought just because of what we know how DA tends to do better when he's matched up against, okay, all-star center. Jokic, even Giannis, if, if they played the Bucks, like you would feel kind of good about him at least being locked in. But when he's floating against Terrence Mann, it's, uh, for some reason, a different story. I, I can't remember who... I want to say it's Cody Hunt on Suns Twitter who tracks this, but and I can't remember his term if he had a term for it or whatever. But DeAndre has bounce back games all the yeah, time. When he true. when he has a dud, he comes back. So I expect him to be great, not even just good. I expect him to be great in Game Six, and I think he will be. Um, I, I have to I'll have to watch back the game to see, but a lot of smart people on Twitter were saying this was a game where they were targeting Devin earlier defensively, and he was oh, yeah. he was not doing well with it, which was something he was having. Not successful with necessarily, but he was holding his ground. Uh, they obviously wanted Marcus Morris in the in the mid post. I, I joked during the game like that's that's one way, of, heck of a way to go out if you go out, and they're not going out on it because they're going to keep playing in the series by going to him in the post over and over again. But that's something I wrote is that okay, Paul George fifteen to twenty goes supernova. Reggie Jackson gives you his usual twenty plus. You can live with that. You've been getting that most of the series. You cannot let Marcus Morris get 20 in the first half and DeMarcus Cousins 10 points in the first quarter. It just can't happen. Yeah. It, it just can't happen. And I wonder what the adjustment is uh, from here for the Suns because the Clippers continue to – Ty Lue keeps doing it, man. The zone clearly got the Rattled. Suns off in a way. And, man, you talk about defining the game in terms of missed opportunities. You could have looked at that start from the Suns and it could have been, what, let's say like – eight to five Clippers and you would have said wow the Clippers could have had that bigger no they just smoked them yeah. from the gates and punched them in the mouth I, I don't really know if we have anything else to add me and you were kind of joking before we started that this one's going to be short but that was a very simple by the books game yeah um, me personally I'll, I'll end on one thing that I'm very interested to see how Devin plays in game six because I think that there is a what we're seeing right now for him in this playoff series, one, is just being in your first postseason. I really believe that. But but also the difference between a top five to ten player in this league, the guys who are in the conversation. You're talking about top ten players in the league, and then the guys, the five, six, seven, who are in the conversation whenever we talk about whoever the best player in the league is. It's, it's always LeBron James, by the way, Kevin. Just, <laughs> just a heads up. We don't need to keep talking about it. It's okay. I promise it's always him and, until we are proven otherwise. Um and, and the difference between that and like just a, a top 12 to 15 to 18 player, the difference is this kind of game specifically, the moments in game four when it was getting away from him, and now it's going to be game six. And if, if he is a top 10, top 12, top 14 guy, we're going to see a really, really, really strong performance from him in game six because that's what stars, superstars, that's what they do. Um, if we don't, we don't, you know? And it's not like I'm big. I'm not trying to make this a huge make-or-break moment for him in his career or anything like that. But when we talk about guys of that caliber, this is this is where they step up. I think I agree. And the good thing about the Suns is Chris Paul is also in that still. Yeah. So one of those two guys or both of them, 
um, has that opportunity to stamp this Clippers team out. Should be fun. Yeah, like you think Adjustments. about this is this is to the two tiers ahead where we're talking about guys, but you just think about the way Giannis played in Game Seven against the Nets, like just was absolutely phenomenal. I don't care. I have flaws. I'm just going to go do the thing. I'm just going to get yep. 40 plus or whatever it was. And yep, that's that's the type of thing superstars do. And we've seen him be a superstar at a couple of different points in this postseason. And I think a few of us, myself included, have thought like, is this perhaps the moment where? Not only is he like proving that he's a star, but he's actually a superstar, and he's in that group. Um, this is the latest moment to see if he's going to do it, and that's what I'll be looking at uh, uh, more than anything because it's been against an opponent that has made him harder for him than pretty much any other matchup we've seen for him in his career so far. All right, we will be back from... Oh, yeah, You will be... I will be in L.A. Booked that already, huh? Flight tomorrow afternoon. You can hear the excitement in my <laughs> voice. I am excited for the whole, like, just pack a bag and that's it. Like, just stuff two sets of clothes in the, in the old backpack along with a switch for me to play on my flight. Take your ID. And, uh, yep, take all the other <laughs> stuff that I'm going to have anxiety Money. about yes. not having in L.A. Uh, and we'll see if they close it out in, in game six. Um and I don't, I don't know if you start to think about this stuff, but with Trey's status for Atlanta right now, Milwaukee might be getting that sucker done in five. But I don't want to say that because the last time we said that about an East Coast series, we were saying that about the Nets and went a long seven games and the Bucks took care of business. So we'll talk about that when we when we need to get there, but not, not yet, Kevin. We'll talk about that later, yeah. Yeah, we will. Maybe. We'll talk about it later on Wednesday night is game... Guess who wrote Tuesday 15 times in this recap tonight? Uh-oh. I realized it was Monday. I just can't do it right now, Kev. We're going to try our best. Whatever night game six is on, we'll be podcasting after that, and we'll talk to you then. It's Wednesday. See you then. <laughs>